Set your phasers to sexy Welcome to another episode of True North Nerds! Yay! Yay! Did I just ruin the opening? That's alright. Blast Off is awesome. We'll keep that. (laughs) So, with us today, we have Ryan. That's me! Kevin. Hello! And Jen. Howdy! And we are, once again, continuing the... The self-isolation stuff, we are not in the same room, but we are in the same room in spirit. Uh, A.K.A. we're just phoning it in. It was a bird. No. no. Don't fly that fast. Birds aren't that big and don't make maneuvers like that. If they can outmaneuver the U.S.'s top fighter jets, that's one hell of a bird. It was a super bird. Okay, good. (laughs) It was a Sailor Moon sailor flying across the ocean. They don't fly. Well, they, they don't fly. fly. They even even Green Lanterns can fly. They sailor teleport, which yeah. is kind of like flying. Wah, wah. Anyway. But I don't. I thought that was cool. But I didn't so. actually see the video. I just saw pictures of it. It oh, looked yeah. like a football. <laughs> well, and, that's, and literally, that's what it, it looks like—a tic tac. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's one of those thermal scans too, so it's like white on it's white on black or black on white, depending on uh, which uh, mode they've got the camera in. And really, it just looks like this thing moving. But it's, what's really interesting is when you watch the video with the pilot commentary. Yeah. Because the pilots are pretty they're, they're pretty excited because they can't like they're having a hard time keeping up with this thing and trying to catch it, and it's outmaneuvering them. So it's, uh, it's it's pretty interesting. It just goes it to was, show you that we don't know what, everything that's out there. It was probably the penguins from of Madagascar. Probably. Mm-hmm. They are pretty sneaky. Yeah. It, that also means he's never rejoining Blink-182 at this point, though. Because, like, he'd be an insufferable jerk a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, See, I told you there was aliens! I yeah. have to come with me. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just play your guitar, man. It's not really proof that there is aliens. <laughs> uh, okay, and so moving on, I just want to make sure we talked about that for a bit. Uh, so Jeff Collins <laughs> has signed on to uh, executive produce the HBO Max Green Lantern series. Uh, I like Jeff Johns' stuff. I really enjoyed his Green Lantern uh, run. So uh, I'm interested to see, you know, he's executive producing. How much influence will he have on the the show, who knows? But it's good to see that they've got a comic person, you know, some comic people involved. Right. Mm. Well. Ooh, uh, so we got the official title for Venom 2. Did anybody see that? No. Asking the Venomous. 
<laughs> no, it is not Fast and the Venomous. It is <laughs> Venom, Venom 2 Symbiote Boogaloo. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. That one. That one. That was a failed title too. Sorry, that one got cut. Uh, no, it is Venom. Let there be carnage. Oh. Gee, I wonder who else is going to be in it besides Venom. <laughs> yep. Now the real question will be: Is Spider-Man going to be in this one too? Like all the rumors say. I don't know. Well, time. You know, we'll have to wait. Be patient and find out eventually, someday when we come know. back. I know the movie did well, but I feel like if they tie Spider-Man, which is their, like, top thing right now, to Venom, it's just going to bring them both down. Yeah. Well, Sony owns... It's, it's, they're both Sony properties. So yeah, that Sony doesn't can, mean they should be the same. <laughs> yeah, but come on. It's Sony. Yeah. They want to make they yeah, want money. And so just, the, the week before uh, we recorded this, I was on News Talk talking about Spider-Man. And one of the questions Jay asked me was, uh, was like, what are the rights like for Spider-Man in the movies? And it's like, like, how did it get to this point? Um, and like, how did Marvel lose that? Like, Jay, we could do two hours on that subject. <laughs> yeah. Once upon a time, a company <laughs> went bankrupt. Yeah. And sold the rights to two different film companies. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still paying for it to this day. Yeah, they've more or less got stuff hashed out to a agreeable... Sort hey, of... we've had Spider-Man in, what, now? Five Marvel movies? But he's the best. Exactly. I love Spider-Man. Uh, oh, so... Um, we got some news for that Cassian Andor Disney Plus series. Mm-hmm. So I guess they had lost their show. They 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 lost the showrunner, and then right at the same time replaced them. So the original showrunner is off and has been replaced with one of the co-writers of Rogue One, uh, Tony Gilroy. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, good that it's replaced with somebody who's is familiar with Rogue One. Yeah. So we'll see how that comes along. You know, so all these, we don't have, we haven't been getting a lot of Marvel, of, of uh, Star Wars, like Disney Plus news, because whenever we do hear something, it's like, oh, someone is leaving, or there's creative differences, or this show's not happening as soon as we thought, unless it's called The Mandalorian, and apparently they're already working on a season three. Now, wonders if that means the they're just breaking it up, like because we know they were shooting before everything got shut down, and maybe season two is going to be a shortened season, and season three is the other half of season two. Or it could just be that you know, since there's a downtime, they're starting to work on scripts now for season three. That's also very true. Keep people employed. Yeah, because that's what it said. Yeah, the one thing that John Favreau was already like writing season three, so it could just be he's working on it now in the downtime because of this. Um, did you guys know there is a prequel book coming out uh, and a movie for the Hunger Games? 
A prequel book? I had heard. Oh, that would be interesting. I had heard about it, but I hadn't really followed up on it. It's about the. It, it kind of centers around the missing district, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I am not quite sure. I didn't. Uh, I didn't read into the details, the spoilers, and all that because I was like, oh, okay. I was kind of more interested. You know that. There's the book is coming out. The book is actually supposed to be out uh, May 19th and it's called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. That sounds deep. Yeah. And then, of course, there's going to be a movie sometime yeah, following it because that's how it works. Yep. With these franchises. Yep. And. Speaking of movie franchises and movie studios um, and movie theaters, so AMC and Universal Studios are <laughs> uh, are are not friendly uh, not in friendly terms at the moment. I read that too. So, I don't yeah. know what AMC is thinking. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, well, you have to say so, when it's over. <laughs> well, exactly. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> so Universal Studios, one of the president or one of the heads, came out and made started making comments about how well uh, Trolls World Tour did for them on video on demand versus the first movie, and did the comparison. Like, so uh, Trolls World Tour in its first three weeks in video on demand uh, made a hundred, made an estimated a hundred million dollars. Now. That the you know, Universal obviously will get a much bigger cut of that than they would if it made a hundred million in its first three weeks in the studio, which mm-hmm. the first one did a hundred and sixteen domestic in the theaters in its first three weeks. So comparatively speaking, they're doing about the same, you know, more or less sixteen million off, whatever. But the new one is more of a money maker for the studio because of the percentages of the revenue. Now they went on to say that they're going to look at continuing this type of model, possibly moving forward for other movies. Now, without going into details, they didn't say, yes, we're going to just all of a sudden, you know, that we're going to start putting movies in the theater and video on demand at the same time, or we're just going to skip video, this or that. And AMC just, they just came out and were like, well, guess what? Universal, you're going to talk like that? You're going to disregard the way things, all the deals and the way things are set up? Well, we're not going to play your movies anymore. <laughs> and so that's franchises such as The Fast and the Furious, which has a new movie coming up. Yeah, and Jurassic nine. Park, which has a new movie coming out. So those ones, I can't see the theaters, as much as they want to talk big, and say, we're not going to play these movies. They're just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. By um, not bringing these big, especially those two franchises. And AMC in particular is, like, as I understand it, they're on very, very shaky financial ground right now. I had heard that. This closure is affecting, like, they, they weren't doing great to begin with. I, I want to say they were tied in with that, what was it called, movie ticket? the Where you paid yes. the one price and got like a movie a oh, week okay. or something oh, like okay. that. okay, yeah, yeah, that deal, yep. Yeah, that subscription, and like, uh, like they weren't, they aren't part of the same company, but they had something tied into it, and that did not help things. So, yeah, well, it's... Uh, 
good luck to them on that. I, I don't think it, I would just suck it up and like, you know, I don't like this, but you get revenge later on. You know what yeah. I mean? Wait, well, wait until everything is all good. And, then and it sounds like the they're not the only ones now. The Regal Cinema has joined them in stating that they won't show films that don't respect the window. Uh, so I guess whatever this deal is you know, of the whole, if a movie's coming into theaters, it needs to be in theaters for so long before you can, you know, put it on demand or put it on. Yeah, I, think the, I think the article said 72 to 90 days or 75 to 90 days. Okay. See, I didn't see that, but that's cool. Yes. Thank you. Well, yeah. Which makes sense. You know, if that's the deal that they've got, but, uh, yep. So I saw that one today that they had joined in their, uh, their battle. And then my last little bit of news is that, uh, comic books, um, apparently will be coming back sooner than we thought. Uh, diamond comic distributors, uh, have said they plan on having shipping uh, new comics to comic shops for May 20th. Oh, nice. yeah. Yeah, Brian was super excited about that. He had to step away for a second, but <clears throat> he told me about three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was reading that. So it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how that's going to work out since I'm sure most comic shops uh, probably won't be open yet. Well, that's May 20th. If all things start going, maybe they'll be part of that first wave of, you know, when they start reopening stores and only letting so many people into stores yeah. you know, at a time. And so yeah. I can see that being a store that's, you know, why wouldn't you let them open? Well, and I think that, I mean, as long as the comic stores can accommodate, they can still do curbside pickups for now. Oh, sure. Well, exactly. So there's still ways around it. Oh, there's always ways around it. <laughs> and that's what I had for news. I think, Kevin, you said you had some stuff. I, I have a couple little things. Um, I have I have one thing, but it's kind of sad. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, let's do the sad thing first, because mine, is, mine isn't quite so sad. So okay. go ahead, Jen. So Jen so, can be the bummer. Yeah, I'll be the bummer. Pick us up. Sounds good. So I read today that uh, actor, if... Irfan Khan died at the age of 54. He's a Bollywood actor, but he was also in Slumdog Millionaire. He was the the park executive, the guy who who uh, had uh, who owned the park in Jurassic World. Yep. Um, and he was apparently also in The Amazing Spider-Man, and he was in The Life of Pi. So he was in a million different movies, but he had uh, cancer and passed away. So he was 54. And I thought that was sad because I really liked him in Jurassic World. He was, I think, my favorite character in that whole movie. Yeah, he was pretty cool in that in there. Yeah, the, yeah. I didn't realize who he was until uh, like I'd seen the same article, and then I just uh, one of the last times I saw it, it showed like that like a scene of him in Jurassic World. I was like, oh, that's who they're talking about. Yeah, no, I did the same thing. I read, oh, he's the guy from Jurassic because he looked familiar when I saw a picture of him, and I'm like. What movie has I have I seen him in? And I re- I remembered him from Jurassic World. So yeah, that was my bummer news. I'm yeah, was a little sad young. to hear that. Yeah, he was only 54. So he was di- uh, diagnosed with a, a rare cancer in 2018, mm. and then passed away. So yeah, that's my bummer news. Yeah. 
So Kevin's well, got to cheer us all back up now. Well, it's not super, super cheery. Everybody's going to rejoice uh, news, but there were a couple <laughs> of things. Uh, one is that the uh, the the Motion Pictures Academy has announced that uh, that for this year and only this year, streaming movies will be eligible for the Oscars. Uh, normally. Uh, movies have to be shown in a cinema in Los Angeles for at least seven days to be eligible for an Oscar. But because of the situation we're all in, um, oh, cool. streaming movies are now eligible for uh, for um, for Oscar Oscar attention. Uh, all streaming movies or just ones that had an anticipated theatrical release? Uh, that's a good question. Let me see here. Um, it, it's movies that would have had a regular theatrical release if not for the c- coronavirus pandemic. Okay. Yeah, but so that could be stretched out anyway. You know, you could say, oh, well, we had plans on putting it into this theater here because, you know, they've done that before where you have these things show up in a random theater in New York <laughs> for a week yeah. and, or a random theater in Los Angeles for a week and then it's on Netflix at the same time. Yeah. Like that, uh, what's that one that came out last year, that three-hour, four-hour movie movie? Uh, Oh, the Irishman. That's the one. That was one of those ones that that, that they did that with, didn't they? That one was because they wanted it to be nominated. So once the theaters reopen, then this rule uh, this rule goes away. So yeah, if the theaters, let's yeah. see if that sticks. That's what they are saying, anyway. Yeah. So that's uh, interesting news. Um, Oh, and the movies also have to be streamed on a secret Motion Picture Academy streaming site that members yeah. have access to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you want us to give you an award, you have to give us free access to the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, he'll mind me mentioning this. Uh, a friend of the show, Alex Greenfield, tweeted out the, the link to that story uh, because they're, they're stopping with the DVD screeners that they right. were doing for years and years. And, and his reply with it was otherwise known as the year that Greeny finally gets his dues up to date that they eliminate screeners. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other news story I have is that the 2020 Hugo Award nominations were released last week or earlier in April. The uh, Hugo Awards are always given out at Worldcon. And this year's Worldcon was supposed to be in New Zealand. It has been canceled. They're going to do it virtually online. Um, so mostly the Hugos are literary awards, uh, but they do have categories for comics, graphic novels, and uh, what they call dramatic presentation, long form and short form. So I'll just quickly uh, run through the categories that will be of most interest to us. Uh, for best dramatic presentation, long form, <clears throat> there are six nominees. Uh, choose your favorite among Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, Good Omens, Russian Doll, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and the movie Us. I think Good Omens. I love Good <laughs> Omens. Yeah, uh, I think my bet would be for Good Omens. <clears throat> I, I agree. I agree. I think that's what, what, where I would go to. In the category that, best- that one or Endgame. It all yeah, depends on but, vote, who's voting on it. It is a fan voted on a ballot. Yeah. Uh, so who knows where this could go. For best dramatic presentation short form, 
there are six nominees, and they are uh, The Good Place, episode The Answer, The Expanse, episode Sybil Laburn, Watchmen, Watchmen, A God Walks Into Abar, The Mandalorian, Redemption, Doctor Who, Resolution, and Watchmen, This Extraordinary Being. If oh. I was I've only gonna... seen The Mandalorian out of all of those. Oh. <laughs> well, if I was going to pick one of those, I've seen all of these, actually, surprisingly. I would go with the Watchmen episode, A God Walks Into Abar. It was one of the most amazing episodes of television I have seen in the last year. Oh, cool. Oh, Wait. Kevin, you were talking about this earlier, that uh, Cibola Byrne episode yeah. was the... Was the uh, Season the episode on blah blah blah, blah uh, the finale episode of season four. Oh, so the last the last episode of that of the of the latest season oh, of the Expanse. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, we were gonna start watching Doctor Who, but I, we can't find the Blu-ray anywhere. <laughs> I have no idea where it went. The Doctor Who episode that got nominated was the um, holiday the holiday special from twenty nineteen. Um. Uh, when it comes to comics, there are six nominations. Uh, most of them I don't really know. Uh, the one, the first one is Die Volume One: Fantasy Heartbreaker by Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hands. Uh, that's from Image. Uh, a book called Laguardia by Nnedi Okorafor and Tana Ford from Dark Horse. Monstrous Volume Four: The Chosen by Marjorie Liu and Santa Takeda. Mooncakes by Wendy Shu and Suzanne Walker, uh, Oni Press. Paper Girls Volume 6 by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang from Image. And The Wicked and the Divine Volume 9, OK, by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Uh, that's also from Image. So those are your best. Yeah, I've heard that. You could borrow my copies if you want. <laughs> Just ignore that the first one says to Ryan. <laughs> I believe that they're also available on Hoopla. I think they are. Yeah, depending, well, depending on your city, but I, I'm pretty sure they're available locally on it. So that is what I have for news. Uh, yeah. Oh, that, it's you know, there's not a heck of a lot going on, and like there's the the lead ups to a lot going on. Um, the the only thing I'll mention, and it's not really news, but I was unaware. Uh, Ryan, you you are obviously watching Clone Wars, and so is Jen because Jen watches it with me. Have you been watching the new season at all, Kevin? Kevin had to step away for a minute. Oh, I didn't see the text. <laughs> the so the thing that surprised me was apparently the the awesome lightsaber duel in the latest episode was motion capped with yeah. Ray Park doing Darth Maul for. <laughs> One last ride, essentially. Oh, I, awesome. see, oh. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know he did the motion cap. I saw something about there being a behind-the-scenes thing uh, online, uh, and then like showing motion capture. So I figured, you know, that yeah, the scene was done with motion capture. But I didn't realize they brought him back to do uh, Darth Maul again. Yeah, That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's a little behind-the-scenes video that Star Wars dot uh, com or whatever has put out of. Like showing the the process of what they went through, and just, it, it basically it sounded like they wanted Darth Maul to feel like Darth Maul, and yeah. so they got Darth Maul. <laughs> it's 
because he he was the dude who was the physical embodiment of him for years and years. But it's it's so nice that like they got him, but they kept Sam Witwer as the the voice of Maul, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, which one made sense considering he was the voice in in Clone Wars the cartoon, and then later on in Rebels as well. Yeah, and he's a good voice. He he plays him just the right amount of crazy. I I don't know if I've mentioned the story before, but uh, I was a guest host on our friends at uh, Geek Heart on their show the weekend that rumors started sprouting that Whitwer was doing the voice of Maul and that Maul was going to reappear in Clone Wars. And oh, yeah? Andrew kind of hinted at it because he had done the uh, the voice for Starkiller in the and and the physical likeness for Starkiller in the the Force yep. Unleashed games, and you could hear Sam go, "Oh no, I, I I don't know any. It'd be nice to do something, but it, like and like I think the Monday after they officially announced it, <laughs> of course, it's one of those things that like it it is like." That I see that I'm like, I, I was talking with that dude, like, you know, days before it became official. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's th- this season of Clone Wars is so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So good. And, and the way they've, especially in the last episode, they've intertwined it with tell, you know, letting us know what's going on with... Obi-Wan and Anakin, which is what's going on in, you know, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm. So it's like, the way they've tied it into episode three so well, it's like, oh, I just, it's one of those, I can't wait to see the next two episodes, Mm. but I also don't want it to be done. Oh, I hate that. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm curious that, that, like, because I know a couple people who are watching it who didn't really watch Clone Wars on a whole. Well, Jen kind of is one of those people. She's seen she's seen bits and pieces, but didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, but she watched Rebels, and that's kind of enough to kind of give you the gist of what's going on. So, yeah, I have my reasons for not enjoying Clone Wars. No, no, <laughs> I I understand that, but at the same time, it's like this is. They just upped it so much, and even the the animation in the last couple episodes seems to have been better than yes. anything that came before. Up, well, up until Rebels, had it. so yeah. Which goes on to our next thing for the show segment, whatever you may want to call it. Uh, so we decided last week that we would come up with. Fictional film festivals where I have a random table of movie ideas and subjects, and we each got assigned one. And then from there, uh, we built a three to five film movie festival around them. Now, what the uh, the others of us are going to do is try and guess what <laughs> the theme of the festival is based on the movies that they have selected. And you said that our, what, okay, so the the topic that you assigned for, or that we assigned for ourselves, you said that it could be up to us what our interpretation of it is. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's you why look, you're not going to guess mine. Well, you might. Yeah. And so if you look at probably, the list, some of it, like, you guys got actually come a, a couple of these straightforward ones. 
really? Yeah, like there's a couple others that are just like weird, like one word prompts. <laughs> Weirdness from the even, mind of Brent Chittenden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got a, like the prompts for this, and I thought, well, this might be something we might do again later on if it goes over well. Is I have over fifty prompts right now and building right. Jeez. The one I got the first time was uh, I'd never heard of it before. I had no idea what it was, so I rerolled. <laughs> Brent's just making up words. Yeah. All right. So who wants to go first? Oh, I'll go first. I and... can't guess because I just accidentally looked at the chart, so I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually have I actually have seven movies in my film festival. Jesus. And, and the order that you would watch them in is the order from like most family uh, friendly to least. So you can bring your kids to the early movies and not to the later movies. Oh okay? wow, you really thought this out. Well, like box office prices. No, no, no. These are just movies that I felt fit into this category. Okay. Uh, So the first movie is Cars. Okay. Uh, And Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Okay. Tron. Huh. Pitch Perfect. The Hunger Games. Rollerball, and The Running Man. Okay, so they all have something to do with competitions. <laughs> That's a pretty awesome lineup of movies. I would go to that film festival. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They all, yeah, they all have to do with competitions. Yes, that is it. Oh, um, the okay, Ryan I, got that. The Brent gave me was sports. And I went as broad as I could with that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you didn't even go with, like, straight-up sport movies. No. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> but sports movies generally fall into a couple of categories. One of them is the plucky underdog who needs to triumph over adversity. Yeah. Uh, that's where you end up with movies like uh, Pitch Perfect or uh, The Hunger Games. Or they are about Somebody who's so cocksure of themselves that they need to be knocked down a peg and prove that they really are good for what they what they uh, say they are, cars. and that's a movie like Cars, uh, you know. Uh, Running Man is also sort of the plucky underdog uh, fighting for a corrupt society. In this case, Rollerball is just is probably the closest thing to a sports movie on the list. An actual sports movie. It's a it's a fake sport that involves roller skates and motorcycles. It's very strange. You're going uh, with the original version, right? The 1975 James Caan uh, rollerball, yes. Yeah. Norman Jewison directed it. Exactly. Uh, it's about taking down the man and corporate greed and, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And then Tron is just uh, full of gaming action. You know, it's, uh, you know, yeah, video games, but... Uh, I would so say I there games. was sports in there, like that disc thing that they play. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a sport in their world. And the motorcycle race. And I was trying to come up with with things that were competitions, but not necessarily sports. And that's where Pitch Perfect comes in. Like Pitch Perfect is is almost a perfect sports movie. It's about <laughs> the plucky underdogs. It has the, no sports. <laughs> well, <laughs> underground acapella singing is not a sport. Come on, in some people's world, it is. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's my that's my list. 
Good list, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I said, I'd go see that film festival. I, I do. I'm not a huge sports guy. Surprise, surprise. I'm on a show called True North Nerds, True North Jocks. And uh, uh, there are a couple of sports movies that I do like. Uh, I mean, uh, A League of Their Own. I like baseball. I love movies. A League of Their Own. You know, um, uh, Field of Dreams is a great one. Bull <laughs> Durham. Yeah. Kind of could, you, baseball you, movies. Yeah. You could have had Bas- the basketball on your list. I could have, yes. <laughs> or uh, Dodgeball. An underdog. Oh, there you go, yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was trying to stay away from more obvious sports. Mm. <laughs> All right, so who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay. All right, so here's my lineup. In no particular order, other than the order I found him when I Googled this. <laughs> uh Mission Impossible, okay. The Rocketeer, Captain America Winter Soldier, Born Ultimatum, and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm. Is it something about falling? Nope. I was gonna say spy movies, but I don't I wouldn't consider Crystal Skull a spy movie. Nope, not spy movies. Um, what was your first one? Was Mission Impossible? Huh? Yeah, first one was Mission Impossible. You guys were broken up. I couldn't hear you. What did you say? Your first movie was Mission Impossible? Yeah. So Mission Impossible, The Rocketeer, Captain America Winter Soldier, Born Ultimatum, and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Hmm. They're not all no, most. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. A lot of them have like double agents or like you know good guys work that are bad guys that are working for the good guy company. Like under because you know you have Hydra yeah. and Winter Soldier. You've got uh, I guess whether were Nazis working with the, you know Nazi spies and uh, Rocketeer. Mission That's Impossible, not- the one, the main guy in Mission Impossible turned against his whole team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all have secret traitors, don't they? Yeah. That that- That's not the theme, but okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> but, but then, yeah, what's, what was the last movie again? That was Crystal Skull, yeah. Yeah. Didn't really, yes. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the hero does not fire a gun in any of these movies. So oh. my topic was guns and I didn't want to go the violent route because I am not a very pro violence person. So I look first, I looked up anti gun movies, like where the movie was completely against gun violence. And that was tricky. So then I looked up at movies without guns and that was too long because, and I was trying to stick yeah. with action movies. So then I found a list of movies where the hero doesn't fire a gun. Huh? Oh, yeah. Kind of surprised that the Rocketeer doesn't fire a gun. Oh, the one that surprises me is Mission Impossible. I think there's <laughs> a lot of explosions in Mission Impossible, but I don't think there's much in the way of gunfire. And I mean, he could yeah, especially that first one. But he doesn't fire it. I don't know if they actually hold any guns, but they don't fire yeah. it. That's the point. Right. They don't fire the gun. Huh. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Ryan. Okay, so... I, I I went I went one direction and then changed my mind and went in a whole different direction. With <laughs> mine, 
I've only got three movies on my list because I just picked three. Okay. So we've got Cool Runnings. Uh huh. I love Argo. Argo or Fargo? Argo. A. And U571. What, I don't, what's that? I don't even know what that last movie is. It's submarine a movie. submarine movie with Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Yes, and I think Bon Jovi's in that one, too. <laughs> what was the first one? Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. Cool okay, what running. was your middle one again? Cool Runnings. Argo. Argo. Are and these you... movies that uh, have a Canadian connection? They do, but that's well, I guess two of them do, but the, but not, that wasn't that's not that was only because I, I, I went that way. That's not my theme. That's okay. not my thing. But yeah. I did notice that when I was picking these. Yeah, right, I, so, I I couldn't figure out how U five seven one fit in in that. So we got a bobsled. We got I can't remember what Argo's about. Something Argo with, um, is about ben the, Affleck. Uh, yeah, that's the movie about the um the release of the hostages from a ranch. Oh the- yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, and I, I don't, and then something about a submarine. Yeah, I don't remember U five seven one at all. Huh. Okay. I well, if you, let me know if you guys give up. Yeah, I'm stuck. Are they all directed by Ben Affleck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. It's like a child then... when Cool Runnings came out. Oh <laughs> uh, no! I would have been a teenager. Yeah. I have no idea. And I don't see Ben Affleck directed movies being one of. Categories. I don't yeah, think his brain works that way. <laughs> oh, you would be surprised. Uh, I'm not going to give them away in case we ever do this again. But there are a couple that are like they're just actor names, mm. but not necessarily like big name actors either. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the theme for mine is not what happened. Not, not what, what happened. happened. I don't know. These three movies are all movies that are based on true stories that are completely wrong from the true stories. Oh, so, oh. Like, so it's not what happened. <laughs> oh, that was, uh, was that what the theme interpretation was? of the subject. My what subject was? was not what happened. Ah. Yeah, have fun figuring out movies with that as your theme. Grant, <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> yeah, I there's uh, I would straightforward ones. Look at what Kevin got. Yeah, yeah. well, I, when I, I first got this, uh, I asked Brent for a hint, and he'd given me. Um, I suggested Memento, which, which apparently like, Ryan has not seen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have put Clue on that list, but oh, I've never yeah. seen oh, Clue. Oh, that, you've never you've seen never Clue. Seen, no. Oh, we've had this discussion. Oh, I know I would. I'm sure I would, but I just I haven't seen it. But yeah, so my whole thing with these ones. Yeah. Um. So you know, just to show my research, so we all know how Cool Runnings was portrayed, right? And how these they're four Jamaican sprinters that failed to qualify for the Olympics. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that part right there, right off the bat, wrong. They were all soldiers that were recruited by two American coaches, 
or trainers that were really into push cart and bobsledding. So they, they weren't sprinters or anything like that. They were recruited from the army. And then the whole thing, like when they show up at the Olympics and they're like ridiculed and the other teams are like, don't really, nobody respects them and nobody wants to have anything with, to do with them was mm-hmm. like the opposite too. They got a warm reception. Everybody was happy to see them. They were super popular. They, they borrowed equipment from people and everything. And also mm-hmm. in that last race where they're like, oh, they're like making it seem like they're going super fast and they might be in metal contention. Yeah, they were never a metal contender. No. Yes, they did crash and finish last. But even the way that the crash is shown in the movie versus real life was different. <laughs> and then with Argo, well, once again, that one, you said the Canadian connection on that one. Yeah. Well, the Canadian connection in that movie compared to real life was significantly downplayed. Right. Of course um, it was. And then, uh, you know, there were there were key Canadian people that were hiding them that were completely left out of the movie. And then mm. the, the whole thing at the airport when they're trying to leave and they're making it all, it's all, it's all tense and they're going over their identities and it, they might not get out of the country and everything like that. Apparently, exact opposite. The, the, the CIA, like the real life CIA agent has been quoted as the trip was as smooth as silk. Yeah, that's a boring movie. Exactly. <laughs> but that's like, like I, I always find it interesting when you see those uh, movies that are based on a true story where the some of the participants are still very much alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Foxcatcher, that movie with uh, Steve yep. Carell. That, so that one almost made my list because it wasn't when I when I kind of googled, you know. Yeah. To look up like real life movies that were totally wrong or things like that, and that one was one of the ones that showed up on the list. Especially when you like there, there are, and it's also kind of weird when they, I guess, because it, that focused on the story of basically three people in particular. But yeah. when you look at it with like, you know, a well known person who was there, Kurt Angle, not even mentioned. And, like, yeah. that guy was gold medalist and went on to a very well-known career as a pro wrestler, not even hinted at that he was in the house at the time of all this going on. Yeah. Because I've read, like, his reactions to it, and he's like, I'm kind of surprised nobody called me to at least sort of, like, you know, check up on a couple things that they were doing. <laughs> but it's loosely based on a real story. Yeah. Well, sometimes that happens too, right? Where it's like it's, you know, loosely based on something and uh, not mm. fully based on something. Or it's like a little fact, like, oh, there's a horror movie. Um, the Stranger. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very much one of those. Yeah. Where That's it's based like, on a true story? It is. It is is based around the idea that there was a serial killer who made furniture out of, like, human skin. Ew, is that what that show's about? Yeah, so it's based around the guy Ed Gein. And realistically, Ed Gein maybe killed, like, two people. The rest were people he dug up from a local graveyard. 
And he didn't that kill. Doesn't make it better. He, he didn't kill a single person with a chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, Jen, just for you, I almost put Troy and Gladiator on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but see, the one that really surprised me when I saw it was the with the the, the U five seven one, which I've seen that movie. I've enjoyed it. It's a good like you know, World War Two submarine movie. Uh, the whole point was you know, of the movie is it's the U.S. Navy captures an Enigma machine, right? The German code machine. Yeah. Well, the whole mission that it's based on was a it was it was, it was in reality was a British operation, not an American one, and happened months before the U.S. even entered the fight. So the Americans really like just take over everything, huh? Oh yeah. Sorry, American listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brent. What? Let's hear yours. Okay, I have a feeling that mine will be pretty easy to figure out if if you know the movies that I'm I'm listing, which we probably don't. Uh, Kevin will. Okay. So, um, the first movie is a movie called High Tension. High the tension. second is, the second movie is called Night Watch. The third movie is pa- Pan's Labyrinth, the Guillermo del Oh, I know movie. that one. Yeah. Okay. The fourth movie is Old Boy, the, okay. the original, not the remake. And lastly, we have Battle Royale. Oh, wait. Okay. I know it. I know it. here it is. All movies Ryan has never seen. There you go. There's your connection. <laughs> Done. I, I was going to really say obscure movies that only Those are okay. not really obscure movies but they're all foreign movies is that your category Ooh, yep you got you got it in one they are all foreign films Did right? you pick, you're the easy one for yourself no <laughs> and to be honest i got an even easier category before this and i re-rolled so you but, re-rolled uh, on yeah. your own list well, because I didn't want it super, super easy, like of a category for because then, then like you guys are all like, oh, well, you just picked out the easy one for you, so yeah. I re-rolled and I got one that wasn't quite as easy. But <laughs> so a category that's called foreign films versus not what happened. <laughs> hey, it was random. So yeah, so I picked out High Tension is a French horror movie that is. <laughs> Very, very good and worth checking out. Uh, Night Watch is a Russian-based movie about the supernatural working around in the background of, like, real life. It's based on a series of books that I kind of describe it as, like, it's weirdly kind of like Cold War Harry Potter. Or uh, I guess more adept would be Cold War Fantastic Beasts. Because it's a, like it revolves around like this, these ministries of the supernatural in Russia. Um, Pan's Labyrinth is obviously a, a great fantasy film from Guillermo del Toro. Old Boy is is a mindfuck of a movie. It's Korean, um, isn't it? It's Korean. He uh, the guy who directed it just won an Oscar this year. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think it's the same guy. Not to sound racist, but I, I wanted to, because I know I had seen a couple of his movies before, and I want to say Old Boy was one of them. But uh, yeah, yeah, so there's 
Old Boy is a 2003 Korean film. There is an American remake, but it's just not as good. Uh, yeah. Um, oh no, I guess he. I thought he had made uh, that. I guess I'm thinking of the other guy who made the host. Because the host was almost on my list, but I thought that might give it away. Is that that too is a really and uh, battle royale? That also is... qualifies as a movie Ryan has never seen. Yeah. You could have just filled your list with some Godzilla of these movies. are movies Ryan has never heard of. <laughs> you keep it up, I'm going to just make that a category, Ryan. Oh yeah, let's <laughs> make it a category. And that's really easy to do too. Is you just message Ryan with movie? Well, have you seen this movie before, Ryan? No. Okay, that goes on the list. <laughs> Yeah, but then Ryan will know right away what the category is. So it's actually, if Ryan doesn't get it, it's a hard category. <laughs> it's pretty fun okay. for you guys to try to guess and see if you can come up with lists and see who comes up with a complete list of movies that I have either never heard of or never have seen. But you, the, the caveat would be, you have to have seen it. Ah. I should hmm. loan you Battle Royale, though. I think you'd like that one. Oh, probably. It's, I've seen uh, a few of those movies. I saw Pan's Labyrinth. I've seen Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I like that one. Pan's Labyrinth is really good, and uh, it's and granted, this is also easier for me because I, I like I just really like a lot of movies from all over the place, especially genre movies. Um, the 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 real actually the real trouble was is my first version of this list. I looked at and like these are all movies from Japan. <laughs> 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 okay, let's swap out a couple here and there and, <laughs> and make sure that I've got some representation. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Pan's Labyrinth technically is a foreign film. Or at least that's what the Oscars considered it. It was made in Spain. Yeah, uh, by a Mexican director. Who now makes his movies in Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that was a fun little exercise. Maybe we might yeah. be trying to find that a little bit further uh, the more that we do these things. And, you know, we we have other ideas for uh, stuff to do. I think next week might be a week where uh, one of us assigns uh, a movie for us all to watch. Sounds good. Yeah. And we just have to... Uh, have to make sure that it's uh, something that we can all have access to. Ooh, yeah. We could do a Disney Plus deep dive. Ooh, yeah. That's an option. We all have Disney Plus. Yep. Yep. And Netflix. Um, okay, so how about uh, as our resident Disney expert, uh, Kevin, uh, why don't you don't have to tell us now, but why don't you go through and pick something that you haven't seen in a while? Okay. That is a bit of a, a deeper dive into the, the vaults of Disney Plus. Okay. Does I will do that. Good? That does cool. sound good. That does <laughs> sound good. I, like I will that. find something. All right. Be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Maybe depending if we have anything to to throw onto the episode after that, we'll uh, somebody else will take a turn and at the uh, one of the streaming services and pick something else for us to watch. So. Yay! Smart. Awesome. So that's <clears throat> what we have coming up uh, for the next episode, the next regular episode. Uh, mm -hmm. I have scheduled a bonus episode recording next. Well. 
in a couple days' time from when this episode comes out. Time is so weird when you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it should be kind of, if it goes the way I think it is, it's going to be kind of neat. Cool. Awesome. And, uh, and Ryan, and uh, not Ryan, Kevin's episode on uh, Disney Park stuff should be up by the time this one is out for shortly after. So Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I got to record with, with listeners, people who've listened to our show, and uh, it's nice to interact with, with them and uh, just get their takes on the parks. And it, it was just a nice way to spend a Saturday morning. Awesome. It may become a series. Uh, that might not be a bad idea every once in a while. It'll, it'll pick up once everything starts opening up again, too. For sure, yeah. So. If everything ever opens up again. The United States isn't going to give us all a hell of a lot of a chance. So at some point they're going to open up whether anybody likes it or not. Oh, yeah. And then we'll we'll see how everything goes after that. We, we may change this to like reports from the wasteland. <laughs> 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 so brings us to the end of the episode and with the end of every episode we have geek picks who wants to go first anybody oh right i'll be the first to goer again okay. i'm going back to that fabulous font of fun hoopla <laughs> and uh what i am currently reading on hoopla uh jack kirby's new gods the original 1971. Oh, run. there's a cut for you. Yeah, there's a there was a trade of that released not long ago. Uh, so that's your something old and your something new is House of X: Powers of Ten. That just got released on Hoopla this week. So I am reading me some X Men goodness. Ooh, how far are you into it? I have only read chapter one. So. Oh, okay, so yeah, I. I I'm curious to hear what you think when you get through of it, because Ryan and I are already we're, we're like up to date for the most right. part on the main story. Where a lot of the spinoff books we aren't following, but no. Right. So I think they've collected the whole both miniseries into one book, and they yeah. flip the two uh, the two stor- stories or titles, I guess. Yeah, that's how. Well, that's how it was released too. It was right. one week was. House of X, the next one was Powers of X, and then right. back and forth. So, uh, If you're looking to not read and just watch something, the show I'm currently doing a slow binge on, and by slow binge I mean I watch one episode a day, maybe two, is 2017's DuckTales. Um, so good. <laughs> after we talked She-Ra, I had to find a cartoon substitute, and it is DuckTales. It is fun. It is funny. It is adventurous. It references the 80s show without being slavish to it. It gives the tr- the triplets, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, individual personalities. It's got continuity. It's a, got a great adventure story and a great, great voice cast. So. Yeah. And the theme song is just as much fun as it always was. Woo! There'll Woo-hoo. be multiple times when I was watching episodes where, you know, sometimes you want to skip it just to keep going, and other times you're like, nope, I want to sing along with the theme song. I watch the theme song almost every time. I love the animation style too. It's oh yeah, fl- it's fluid and action oriented, but it's got this cool sort of um, 
old comic book wash to the backgrounds, the sort of uh, uh, pixelated dots that you used to get in old comics, four-color comics. Uh, and uh, I, I love it. I just think it's great. Uh, David Tennant as uh, Uncle Scrooge. Oh, is, that's great casting. Uh, it's great casting. And uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are... Um, Oh, the actor who played Abed on Community and uh, the guy who plays Jean Ralphio on Parks and Recreation. And have you reached have you reached season two yet? How far in are you? No, I'm at episode uh, I'm at episode thirteen or fourteen of season one. Okay. I just watched the one with the where they had to play golf on the Mystic Ferry course. Okay. I watch it on my lunch breaks because it's a nice it's just the right fit. For a oh yeah, show. and so uh, oh, I did watch one today, which was oh, um, it had Magicka to spell in it. So mm-hmm. with the money shark, it was mm. pretty fun. Yeah, it's funny, and it makes me laugh out loud. It's <laughs> funny. Awesome. Yeah. So All everybody right. watch Ducktales. Yeah, I'm gonna start watching. <laughs> All righty. So uh, next, let's go with Ryan. Uh, well, so one of my uh, favorite shows on Netflix has a new season. Uh, the Last Kingdom has uh, season four just came out on Sunday. And I am on to episode eight of ten. So I've only got a couple episodes left of it. And it's, uh, it's good. I enjoy it. If you like shows like Game of Thrones or Vikings... Uh, things you know like take place in that kind of the 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 time period where there's the Danes and and all that and there's fighting and you know people plotting against each other. Uh, then you'll enjoy this show. I know I've picked it as a deep pick previous seasons, and well, this season four is, is hasn't let me down. So I, I you know that's been my my watching this weekend because well I finished Ducktales. And uh, didn't have any, uh, didn't, uh, you know, they've only got Jeez. up to season two, the end of season two on Disney Plus. This uh, season three is currently airing on TV, so I'll have to wait for that. But uh, yeah, so The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Ryan, I just got a notification from Netflix about a show that I know both of us watch that's coming back next week. And that's oh? the, the Hollow season two. Really? I did a season two of that. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, yeah. did I see that one? That was a show about the three kids who found themselves, or four kids who found themselves in that weird fantasy world. Yes. Like the, a, a I, binged, I watched world? that whole thing in one, one sitting, I think. And then in the end, it ended up being, you know, spoiler, like a lot of video game that they were all yes. in. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, that was cool. Season two starts May 8th. Yay! Oh. That was like Canadian made too, wasn't it? It is Canadian, yes. There you go. All right. Jen, what's your uh, geek pick? All right. So, my geek pick is a book that I read um, and I could not put it down. It was so good. It's called Son of a Trickster by Eden Robinson. Um, and I'm terrible at summarizing books, so I'm just going to read the article from Canadian Living or the paragraph about the book. So it says, the story is about Jared, who lives with his party-loving mother, her boyfriend, and his dog, Baby. Jared is a good kid and helps out where he can, aiding his aging neighbors and doing chores. But he also drinks a little too much for a teenager and could use a little focus. 
Plus, he can't shake the, wor- the words of his maternal grandmother, who has disliked and distrusted him from birth. She calls him the son of a trickster, threatening him with when his parents leave the room and always eyeing him suspiciously. His mother tells him to pay her no mind, just an old lady with an axe to grind. But then things start happening to Jared he can't explain. Ravens start talking to him, and he begins to see things, even when he's sober. So the whole premise of this is it takes place in a um, Native American community in uh, British Columbia. Um, okay. And they think, or his grandmother, his maternal grandmother thinks that he's the son of, I, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Weget, Weget, W-E-E apostrophe G-I-T, who is okay. a trickster god in Native oh. American mythology. And so then he starts, and I mean, he lives in a, on a res or near a res, so, you know, his... It's pop. He's like they're like poverty line. He sells weed to make ends meet. He's trying to support his deadbeat dad who left his mom, and you know it's he's got a rough life, but he's a good kid. And then he starts seeing things like the ravens start talking to him and stuff, and it's super good. So it's the first book of a trilogy. The first two books are out, so I I quickly went through book two as well. Tricks tricks. Trickster's Drift is the second book. The third book hasn't been announced yet. Like, it has no title of nothing. So it's going to probably be another year or two before the third book comes out. But it was an incredibly good book. And it was actually a finalist for the Scotiabank Killer Prize. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, you should read Son of a Trickster and Trickster's Drift. Nice. Cool. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh... With uh, there's a little bit of a caveat to mind, um, so we're getting a quick review. Uh, Guns Akimbo starring <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. Um, it was a fun movie. I think the I think they tried doing a little too much with the story by the end of it, uh, but I, I must admit I enjoyed it and I did laugh at at some parts really hard, especially so. For those of you who don't know, it's a movie about Daniel Radcliffe's character uh, gets sucked into this uh, real-life murder game hosted by, like, some criminals where they're getting other people to kill one another. And because of it, I won't spoil all of it, but Daniel Radcliffe's character gets involved in it and gets two guns bolted to his hands, like actually bolted to them. And that's part of where some of the comedy comes in is him trying to like, you know, like put on his pants with two guns on and strapped to his hands. (laughs) He tried to go to the bathroom with two guns, both hands to your hands. And not like shooting himself. And yeah. The uh, the action sequences are really well done for like I imagine this movie doesn't have like a huge budget to it, but it's because Daniel Radcliffe is the biggest name on the on the the cast listing. It's him and a lot of uh, New Zealand and Australian actors. Uh, realistically, I think the the second biggest might be Reese Darby, the the comedian, and oh, he's yeah. not even in it like a huge amount. But when he's in it, oh man, he's awesome. <laughs> he plays a homeless guy in it. That's just really funny. But um, on a whole, it, it's worth a watch. Uh, it, like I said, the the ending for me was. Eh, I think they tried to add a little too much that wasn't necessary for this type of movie. But on a whole. It's pretty good. And it's also kind of neat to see that, like, Daniel Radcliffe is obviously, like, I assume he just has all his Harry Potter money, and he likes to act, but, like, he 
does movies that interest him. Like, you, yeah. you, like, he doesn't need to do, like, a romantic comedy or another series like Harry Potter. He just, like, he if it hurts his interest, he'll do it no matter what he's going to get paid for it. Because he did, he did the horns, which he's really good in. And other than him trying to hide his accent a bit, but he's gotten better at that over the years. But there's that, there's that movie. What was it called? Swiss Army Man, where he plays a yeah. horse. Is it like it, that movie didn't really appeal to me too much? But like, kudos to the dude for just like saying, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I will be the dead guy who farts the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you know like there's something to be said for an actor who's like just is going to do shit for the sake of like yeah this sounds great and you know then whatever I get paid I get paid cool and and this one just happened to be a lot of fun so there we go guns of Kimbo um, so that's it for this episode next week we are going to go come back with a deep dive on something on Disney Kevin will uh, select for us a little bit later in the meantime enjoy all the bonus content we're going to be throwing at you because lord knows we are all at home right now so <laughs> we uh, we have time <laughs> well Kevin and I are only at home some of the time well, yeah, but even still, it's like you go to work and then you come home, right? Like, you yeah. know, it's it's like we can't go out hunting action figures or go to the I movie. know, which I need to talk to you about something about that afterwards. Oh, <laughs> somebody's getting the itch, is he? No, just saw, some, just saw something cool online, that's all. Oh, okay. Alrighty, so that's it for this episode. Hopefully you'll come back and listen to us on the next regular episode and everything else we got coming out. Until then, hope you're all doing well and hope you're all safe. Yeah, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Such a phaser's a sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds. On Facebook under surprise true north nerds and you can reach them by email at true north nerds at gmail.com if you like the opening theme song it's called set your phasers to sexy by kirby crackle from the album sounds like you please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on itunes and buy everything that they have made you won't regret it So set your phasers to sexy